Girlfriends, episode number 24, Five Ways to Not Eat a Cupcake. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Thanks for showing up. I'm so glad you're here for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm thrilled you're joining me for this week. How's your week been? We had an awesome week this past week. It's so busy this time of year. You're probably experiencing the same thing inside of your family life. Uh, If you have kids of any age, This is a crazy time of year. We have our last baseball game this week on Tuesday. I'm kind of doing a happy dance about that because at this point, we're baseballed out. Did you have any graduations yet this year? Do you have anybody graduating? As a homeschooler, part-time homeschooler, part public schooler, part online schooler kind of mom, this is the first year that I've had a child graduate from high school that actually participated in the graduation ceremony. My other kids have have finished high school, of course, um, but my first, my daughter, Katery, got a kind of combination homeschool, public school, a bunch of different classes kind of diploma. Um, My son, Eamon, graduated, got his diploma, but didn't um, care to participate in the ceremony. So that was his choice. But Ambrose, who's my third, decided he did want to participate in the graduation ceremony. So this was a first for us, having a child who actually wanted to walk with his class uh, at the graduation ceremony. And so I didn't know too much what to expect. I mean, I remembered from my own graduation ceremonies years ago, um, you know, I didn't know exactly how the school did it, but he had the honor of being one of the ones chosen to speak at the graduation. There were two students that were chosen to speak and Ambrose uh, and another young lady happened to be them. And so, you know, as he was preparing for it over the past few weeks, he had, you know, he had had to submit his talk ahead of time and get it approved. And, um, you know, during those different stages in the process, I continually asked him, do you want me to help you with it? Do you want me, you know, hey, your mom is a writer and an editor. Hello, respect this. You know, <laughs> give me your stuff to help you. And he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to um, share it with us before the actual ceremony. So we respected that. Um, and then, you know, as we're sitting there getting, you know, I got there real early so that we could sit in the front because I wanted to record his speech. And um, my husband was sitting next to me and he was visibly nervous. My husband was for our son who was going to be speaking. And he was asking me, do you think he's going to do okay? I said, I think he's going to be great. You know, Ambrose really wanted to do this. He was excited about doing this. So I thought he would do a great job. And at that point, I didn't feel nervous at all. So I was getting ready to um, record. And at the beginning of the talk, I was like holding up my phone and, you know, trying to get it focused on him uh, and and zoomed in just enough and so that I could record his talk clearly. And, you know, it wasn't even like 30 seconds into his talk that I realized my hands are shaking so bad, I can't possibly do this recording. (laughs) So apparently I was a little worked up for my son um, in in this moment. So I passed off the phone to my daughter, Gabby, who was sitting next to me, who managed quite well to record the speech. And I would love to share the speech with you because I could not be more proud 
of what Ambrose accomplished in that speech. I could not be more proud of the message that he chose to share with his peers in that moment, in that moment where he had the honor of a, a, a few minutes to share his thoughts with his class upon graduation. I I am so proud of this kid. And, you know, and I say that not like a bragging mom, because honestly, what I can tell you about that moment as I sat there listening to him give this speech, that I didn't feel like I had anything to do with that. I didn't feel like I should be taking credit for anything that my son was accomplishing in those moments. It could not have been more clear to me that the good things in our kids, and this is something I felt before, but really felt it strongly in that moment. The good things in our kids, the good things they do, the things that they're they're strong at, their gifts, their talents, the you know any kind of uh, virtue or wisdom that they might have, doesn't come from me. That doesn't come from us. That comes from God. And I was just so grateful for that there in that moment that I'm sitting there, <laughs> totally tears streaming down my face, thinking, "Oh no, we have to take pictures after this, and I'm going to be a mess." But uh, anyway, I'll put the link. I, I already put it up on social media. If you're connected with me on social media, you've probably already bumped into it because I, I kind of have been spreading it everywhere I possibly can. Uh, I'll put the link, though, to the YouTube video of his speech, which is just seven minutes, and I think it's totally worth it. I would love to share it with you. So um, you can check that out on the show notes at daniellebean.com. Besides graduation, um, I had a birthday this last week. Uh, last Wednesday, I turned 44. I don't... You know, I never mind sharing my age. I don't know how you feel about it, but I generally don't care. To me, you know, that whole saying, age is just a number. It really is true to me. It's just a number. It doesn't affect how I feel about myself. You know, you could tell me I'm 67 and I'm still going to be me. So I don't know. It doesn't bother me to, to tell people how old I am. Um, in a way, I feel like it's an accomplishment. And um, in my own mind, I feel like I'm the same person I was when I was 22. So what does it matter that now I'm 44? Anyway, um, I was traveling for work in the middle of these days-long meetings for work, and uh, we weren't able to celebrate last week, really. But people sent me lots of messages, and uh, I really appreciate the people who sent me emails and people on Facebook and Twitter who um, sent me birthday wishes. And, and then we celebrated as a family this past uh, Saturday. One of my gifts was a um, shopping spree at TJ Maxx, which is my favorite place to shop. I love TJ Maxx, um, which was a ton of fun going with my husband. I actually needed a few things. We're going to be recording some episodes of The Gist at the end of this month on Catholic TV, and I needed a, a few new outfits, some things for that. And I didn't get quite everything I need, but uh, it was fun to spend an afternoon doing that. And, you know, at TJ Maxx, the good part is you can spend an afternoon there and you can buy several items and it never adds up to all that much money. Um, another gift that my husband gave me that I think was more for himself because he thought this thing was so cool is this neat knife thing that you can use to hollow out a pineapple. So you take a pineapple, you cut off the top, and with this knife thing that you kind of like wind around, I don't know, you like press it in and there's like a blade that spiral and you you turn it and make it go further and further into the pineapple and then when you pull it out the entire insides of the pineapple are removed perfectly in these perfect rings and it's cored and the pineapple shell is empty and you can use it for you know serving a drink in or for you know putting out a dip or salsa or whatever anyway it was fun experimenting with that over the weekend too so that was another one of my birthday presents um but then at the end of my birthday day uh we just we had a bonfire at at our house we've you know we've got a field here and 
um, Dan had done some work in the yard earlier this year, and there was just a pile of, you know, old wood and stuff that he just wanted to get rid of debris and whatnot. And so he decided to light that bonfire that night. And we just sat around the bonfire. Most of my kids were there. In fact, by the end of the night, all of my kids were there and some of their friends. And it was just the most pleasant time. And, you know, I find as I'm getting older that that sounds like I'm a real old lady sitting in a rocking chair as I get older. Anyway, not quite like that. But as I'm getting more mature or have more life experience, those are the moments that I treasure more than anything. And I think part of it comes from the fact that I have older kids now who do go away and come back and go away and come back. And I'm starting to really treasure that time just just hanging out time that we might spend together. So um, as crazy as the younger years were and how I never thought I'd be in that peaceful place, and for sure my life is the opposite of peaceful. But in moments like that, I really do appreciate just the time that we can spend together as a family, just doing nothing in particular, just hanging out, talking, enjoying each other's company. And lastly, before we get to the actual topic of this podcast, and I promise we will talk about cupcakes in a minute here, um, I want to share with you the good news that my book, my newest book, is available for pre-order on Amazon. I'm really excited about sharing this project with you. It's The title of the book is You Are Worth It. It's available from Beacon Press. And the subtitle, it's You Are Worth It, and then the subtitle is Change the Way You Feel About Yourself by Discovering How Jesus Feels About You. And really the whole goal of this project, and this is why it's so close to my heart, is to encourage women of all different ages and stages and walks of life and backgrounds to develop a personal relationship with Jesus, to remind us, and I need this reminder as much as anybody else, that Jesus is a human being who loves us and wants to connect with us on a human level. So in the book, um, there are seven different chapters, seven different ways that I look at um, that Jesus loves us and cares for us in a deeply personal way. And I look at the women of the Gospels, the stories of the women in the Gospels, the women who actually met and talked to and touched and were healed by Jesus, physically present in their lives. They heard his voice. They felt his hands. They were healed by his physical presence those women in the gospel. So I look at those stories, look at their stories, their experiences, and what we can learn about Jesus's unique love for women based on those experiences. So I, I chapter by chapter, look at um, different aspects of being being called to be loved, being, being uh, taken care of, being nurtured, um, you know, growing closer to Jesus through his mother. So I'm really excited to share the book. It's something I worked on in the past year, and I've just, you know, just prayed my way through working on this book in hopes that it would touch the hearts of the people who would read it. So I'll put a link to my book in the show notes so that you can check that out and consider pre-ordering a copy for yourself or maybe for a friend. If there's a young person in your life, if there's someone in your life that you feel like they could really benefit from getting to know Jesus, they could really benefit from discovering just how much Jesus loves them and finding their dignity and their worth in that. This is the book for them, really. And it's not um, a high high and mighty on the mountain talking down to the people kind of book. I'm, I really speak to you woman to woman and girl to girl and 
um, you know, just flawed person to flawed person inside the pages of the of this book. And it's, it's even not a, an essentially Catholic book, you know, it's not, it's not filled with quotations from popes or, or the teachings of the church. It's really very much a more basic level book than that. And um, I hope you'll check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Okay. Getting to the actual topic of this week's podcast. Did I get your attention with that title, How Not to Eat a Cupcake? (laughs) Well, you know, I've shared with you a little bit about um, ways that I've been looking to increase my fitness and make more conscious choices about eating in the past few weeks. And I've shared with you how I'm using an app, the MyFitnessPal app, to track my calories and track my daily movements. And that's really been a very, very positive experience for me. Um, I don't often step on a scale. I, It's something that I've struggled with in the past, obsessing about those numbers and putting all of my self-esteem inside of what those numbers are. And I just learned it's not a healthy way for me to keep track of how I'm doing health-wise. So, you know, I've gone years without stepping on a scale in the past, Um, just, you know, judging my basic health on, am I making good nutritional choices? Am I making efforts to exercise, Um, you know, and how are my clothes fitting? And just keeping track of my general fitness in that way rather than numbers on a scale. But I did in the past week, dare to step on the scale. And I felt good. Like, you know, I, I'm i trying not to have my self-esteem all wrapped up inside of those numbers. Um, but I, I thought maybe I should just have a baseline of where I'm at. And, um, you know, I'm not looking to, you know, lose 50 pounds or anything. I just thought, well, this is this is good, because it's helping me to at a stage in my life where it's not the easiest thing in the world to keep excess weight off. It's helping me to control that sort of thing. So anyway, I do recommend that app or other apps that are like it for tracking calories and um, tracking your daily steps. That's been something in the past week. Um, no, past several weeks, I've shared with you a little bit about it, that I've really felt is a, a significant lifestyle change for me. Because as I've shared before, I always felt like, oh, I'm doing fine. Like, you know, I'm running like every other day, I'll go on a run. And so I'm moving plenty. Well, how about on the days when you're not running, and you're just sitting on the couch with your laptop for hours at a time every day, you know, doing work, obviously, and yet, sitting, <laughs> completely sedentary. So, um, you know, using my my walking workstation, which is uh, set up at my treadmill, I'll put my treadmill on uh, speed of 2.5. And I've got a little shelf to put my laptop on on there. And I can't do like really in-depth, like a lot of typing at that um, walking speed, but I can do a lot of what my work requires, which is like answering emails, you know, um, reading proofs, going, you know, reviewing pages. Um, I can even do Skype calls that way. So it's really been it's really been a very easy way for me to get more steps in my day. So if you don't currently track your steps, I would really encourage you to do it. Just, you know, check out where you're at, see how active you are. But anyway, I'm still not getting to the topic, which is how not to eat a cupcake, because I know you're all dying to know what's the secret to not eating a cupcake. (laughs) So I've got five different ways that I'm going to share with you here. The first one is to eat more protein. Now, you've probably heard this, um, but I want to share with you that it really works for controlling cravings, controlling like spikes in your blood pressure to have protein, regular sources of protein in your diet. For me, my family makes fun of me because every single morning, every morning, I eat two eggs. 
that's my breakfast. I eat two eggs and I have a cup of coffee. Um, and I'll, I'll prepare them different ways. Sometimes I scramble them. Sometimes I fry them. Mostly I soft boil them. Um, I love eggs. And it, my family thinks I'm nuts because I, I honestly think it's like the world's most perfect food. I mean, I, I, I think they taste good and everything, but they're super convenient. And what a great source of protein for you to have. And for me, it's really important to start out with that protein in my morning. If I don't eat a breakfast like that, because sometimes when I'm traveling, it's hard for me to, to um, get my two soft boiled eggs exactly the way I want them. So um, I'll end up eating, a, you know, like a, a higher carb breakfast, maybe not so much protein in it. Honestly, I feel like I'm starving by 10am. And, you know, with the same number of calories going into my body, it's just your body responds to it differently. So it may not be eggs for you. Maybe there's some other protein. But look into different sources of protein. Check how much protein you're taking in. See if you're living like on an all-carb, all-sugar kind of diet, which I know I've done at various times in my life. Um, it was a real wake-up call for me years ago when low-carb was at first a fad, and I kind of examined what I was eating and didn't ever think about like a white flour bagel as sugar but that's what it is. <laughs> and that's like, so all I was pretty much ever eating was sugar, some form of sugar. And um, that's, you know, you're going to burn through that. Your body's going to burn through that quickly. And you're going to have these spiked highs and lows and you're going to feel starving. And that's when you're really going to be vulnerable for that cupcake that's going to be sitting on your counter looking at you, asking you to eat it. So that's my first tip. Eat more protein. Make it a regular part of your diet. And um, if you can, make, make your first meal of the day uh, high in protein. I think it really makes a huge difference. My second tip for not eating a cupcake is to plan ahead. Plan ahead. You can, um, there are different ways you can plan ahead. You can plan ahead by not having the cupcake in your house in the first place. <laughs> That's a big one. And, you know, I'm saying cupcake. It's whatever it is, whatever the, the thing is that you eat too much of, that's an indulgence for you that you want to have less of in your diet. So anyway, that's just an explanation for cupcake. But plan ahead and, and don't let yourself get that crazy hungry feeling that you'll eat anything that you have in front of your face. Bring snacks with you, healthy choice snacks when you're going out places, when you're going to be traveling. If you're going to be out running errands all day, you're going to wind up starving. And you're going to you're going to want to hit a fast food place or whatever and avoid that temptation by, you know, eating properly before you go or packing appropriate snacks before you go. Um, some things that I find really helpful for uh, convenient snacks are the, the little individually portioned. I know it's terrible for the environment. You could buy a big jar of almonds or you can get these little packets <laughs> that are broken up by 100 calories each. And um I think it's really uh, helpful to have that convenient packaging because you know exactly what you're eating. And yeah, maybe maybe you are going to eat three packets of them, but probably not. You know, there's something psychologically that your brain says, oh, I've had, you know, one serving if you eat one packet. So a lot of companies are doing that now where you can get a hundred calorie pack of whatever it is. Um, I really recommend things like almonds. I know they have things like little rice cakes and stuff, but to me, that's just not the best not the best source of energy because you're going to just burn right through it. Um, but so, you know, things like that that are 100 calories or you could bring, you know, raw vegetables with a dip or whatever, whatever you like to have in controlled portions, you can plan ahead and have that. And you know what? 
it can feel good to be hungry. This is something that I've experienced at different times in my life. You know, certainly if you are pregnant or nursing, you feel hungry all the time. <laughs> and that's a that's a healthy kind of hunger. It's like a drive that that nature is trying to care for you and care for your baby. Um, but other times in my life, I know that I've I've been not all that disciplined about my eating and I'll just like eat my way through a day. Never have like, you know, a a planned idea for what my meals or snacks are going to be and just eat whatever, whenever. And by the end of the day, you can realize I never once felt hungry today. To me, that's not healthy. It's healthy to feel hunger at regular times throughout your day. It's a natural part of your your body's drive to feed itself and the signals that your body gives you to feed yourself. I think it's a natural thing. And if you're exercising, you're going to experience that hunger in in more acute ways. Like exercise can really rev your metabolism and, and make you feel that hunger in a strong way in a way that I think is really healthy. It's not healthy to like starve yourself and, you know, be starving all afternoon and come home and eat everything inside the fridge. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about regular intervals of hunger throughout your day where you have a reasonable breakfast and by, you know, mid to late morning, you're, you're feeling like, oh, yeah, I, I do feel hungry. I, I could eat. And, um, you know, that's, that's a natural way of listening to your body's signals and actually learning what your body needs for healthy nutrition. So by planning ahead, you can avoid getting crazy hungry and you can have those healthy snacks ready for you to go. The third way I want to mention to not eat a a cupcake is to find new rewards. Retrain your brain about what a reward is. Now, this is something that for a lot of us goes back to our childhood. You know, if you eat everything on your plate, you can have a cupcake. If you finish all your chores, you can have a cupcake. If you get good grades, we can go to McDonald's or, you know, whatever it is. I think it's part of our culture to reward with food. And, you know, I even do it as a mom sometimes. I, I try to be conscious of it. I think it's normal and it's natural to some extent to to reward with food. But I think we do need to be careful about how we do it with our kids. And we do need to be careful about how we do it inside of our own brains. Be conscious of the ways in which you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I have had such a stressful day. The kids were insane today. I totally deserve this cupcake. That, you know, that kind of mentality is actually not a healthy way to care for yourself. It's, um, you know, it's, it's destructive in the end. It, it's, hurting your, it's hurting you to have those kinds of associations that a cupcake is a reward. I mean, <laughs> of course it is. Cupcakes are awesome. But <laughs> what I'm saying is find a new way to reward yourself. I think, you know, be creative. What kinds of things do you enjoy? Maybe um, you would love to get your hair done. You know, so if you want, if you're looking for something to reward yourself, then, you know, if you're if you're trying to motivate yourself to accomplish certain things, then, you know, going out and getting your hair done or getting your nails done or taking a long bath or, you know, taking an afternoon to just sit by yourself and avoid housework and read a book or taking a long walk by yourself. What do you enjoy? What kinds of things do you enjoy that aren't food? And and focus on mentally rewarding yourself in those new ways. Now, within reason, you know, I think sometimes we can get carried away in trying to train ourselves that a cupcake is not a reward because obviously it is. You know, like I said, cupcakes are awesome and (laughs) we really enjoy them. And it's, I think it's okay within reason. You know, it reminds me of years ago when um, those books, What to Expect When You're Expecting, were really popular. And that was around the time when I was pregnant with my first. So I read that book, read every word of that book. And I don't know um, if any of you have read it, but 
the recommendations for your diet when you're pregnant or when you're nursing are so restrictive. I mean, ridiculous. Like it turns your your nutritional choices into moral choices, which they are not. And it turns your nutritional choices into almost a religion. Um you know, all the way down to like never, you know, never having any added sugar, never having any, you know, refined flours. And, um, you know, people eat in different ways. I'm not disrespecting anybody who's, you know, very strict about their diet. I think that that's a great thing. But to me, what those books came across as was almost like a religion and, and very unreasonable, like setting people up for failure, especially inside of this culture where there's food that doesn't meet their standards around every corner and at every event you're, you're going to attend and social events and whatnot. Um, so, you know, within reason, retraining your brain about rewards. So I remember in that book, one of the things that made me want to throw the book across the room was when I was, it was like saying, you know, if you're feeling a craving and you, you, you really want something sweet, like say you want a donut, then maybe give in just a little bit, like have, have, a, have a whole wheat bagel instead of a donut, like something a little bit less sinful. They were still considering the bagel a sinful choice, a bad choice. And I was like, and you know what? If I want a donut, a whole wheat bagel, yeah, it's shaped the same, but that's where the similarities end. This is not going to satisfy my craving. <laughs> Give me a break, people. Anyway, that was the breaking point for me on that book that, um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to retrain my brain like that. So don't expect to be able to do that. But find new ways that you can reward yourself. Vary the ways in which you reward yourself and the way you think about rewards. The fourth way I want to mention on how not to eat a cupcake is to pause. Hit the pause button. I think about it mentally sometimes. Like you feel an urge to eat something. You you see it on your counter. And oh, by the way, just don't leave stuff on your counters. Don't leave stuff where you're going to see it. Because you know what? Every time you see food, it's an invitation to eat it. And it's just how our, our minds and our bodies work. Like you see that food and you automatically think about eating it. So don't leave cupcakes on your counter or whatever a cupcake, you know, whatever is a cupcake for you. Don't leave them on your counter if you want to avoid eating them. Don't have them in your house. But anyway, back to the pause. You know, if you feel this urge to eat something that you you don't want to be choosing to eat, hit the pause button. Say, okay, I, I'm not saying I'm not going to eat it. I'm not telling myself that I cannot have it. I'm not saying no. I'm just pausing and I'm going to revisit this in five minutes or whatever, you know, whatever amount of time. Maybe think of um, a small job that you can do first before you'll think about it again, whether, you know, I'll load the dishwasher and then I'll see if I still really want that thing. I'll have a big glass of water and see if in five minutes I still really want that or call somebody, distract yourself in some way, um, you know, and just revisit it. Don't say no, just pause. And, you know, then if you really want it after that, eat it. Which takes me to the fifth way to not eat the cupcake, which is actually kind of contradictory because the fifth way I have of not eating the cupcake is just eat the cupcake. You know, it's just a cupcake. <laughs> Sometimes we turn these kinds of mental battles into things that are larger than they really are, that we obsess over these things. We obsess over our food choices in a way that I think is unhealthy and we make them more powerful than they really are in our lives. Don't let a cupcake have power over you. If you, you know, it's all, it's not really about whether or not you're eating any one particular cupcake or, you know, whatever it is for you. It's about balance in your life. It's not about the nutritional choices you make inside of these five minutes. It's about the nutritional choices you make over the course of five months, five years, a lifetime. 
So, you know, thinking in those terms, no, that doesn't mean like eat whatever you want, whenever you want, however much you want. That's not healthy. But I'm talking about a balance that don't give food that kind of control over you. Don't don't give a cupcake power over your self-esteem, you know, like just eat the cupcake. It's okay sometimes. In fact, it's very appropriate sometimes. You know, like I just I mentioned at the start of this podcast that we celebrated my birthday this past week. And, you know, when we were sitting around the bonfire, Dan and the kids brought me a piece of cake with a candle in it and sang to me. And imagine if I had just put that cake aside and said, well, you know what? I don't actually want to enter all these calories into my app this for this week. So no thanks. I mean, that would be awful, <laughs> you know? So eat the cupcake. Enjoy your life. Enjoy a meal with friends. In, enjoy a meal with your husband. Enjoy a dessert sometimes. It really is about balance. And yes, there are times in our lives when we've, we really, you know, to kind of check ourselves, to kind of pull ourselves back from bad habits, we do need to cut some things completely out of our lives. That's okay. But I'm talking about these day-to-day -day choices that we make when we're trying to, you know, achieve healthy goals it's not about one cupcake. It's never about the one cupcake. Don't give a cupcake that kind of control over your life. Don't give a cupcake the power to decide whether you feel good or bad about yourself on any given day. Just eat the cupcake. So that's it. Those are the five ways I recommend to not eat a cupcake. Number one, make sure you're eating enough protein, getting protein especially early in your day. Number two, planning ahead. Number three, find new ways of rewarding yourself. Retrain your brain about what a treat is. Number four, pause when you get the urge to eat the cupcake. And number five, just eat the cupcake. Maybe there's some ways that you don't eat cupcakes in your life that you want to share with me. Maybe there are some tips and tricks that you use to motivate yourself to make healthy choices. I would love to hear about them and I would love to share them with the other listeners here at Girlfriend. So, Send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Send me a voice message. You can go to daniellebean.com and click leave voice feedback, and it'll take you to SpeakPipe, where you can leave a 90-second message. If you want to leave a longer message, you can record your own MP3 and email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Or you can connect with me on Voxer if you have that app on your phone. Super easy, super fun to use. I'd love to hear from you on Voxer. Send me that voice feedback. I would love to hear about the ways in which you work on making healthy choices. You work on making positive changes in your nutritional choices. How do you not eat a cupcake? Let me know. Hey, girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. This week, I had the chance to talk with Andrea Thomas, who is a Catholic recording artist you're going to love hearing from Andrea. She's young, she's full of enthusiasm, and she has a lot, a lot of wisdom and just down-to-earth goodness to share. And I'm introducing her here with a little bit of her song, He Rose Again.
Happy to be welcoming someone who's very dear to my heart to the show today. Andrea Thomas is a singer-songwriter from Cincinnati whose passion for music has led her from traveling with VeggieTales Live, pretty awesome gig that, <laughs> to recording and traveling with country megastar Colin Ray. She has also released two of her own albums. The latest was released in October 2015 and explores the topic of choosing faith over fear. And Andrea is currently working with The Vigil Project a Catholic multimedia resource project. She is grateful to God every day that she gets to do what she loves. Andrea lives in the smoldering heat just north of New Orleans. Hey, Southern (laughs) Belle, welcome Andrea to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're with us. Thank you. Oh, Danielle, I've admired your work for so long. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, well, I was so happy when I met you a few years back at the Cincinnati Catholic Women's Conference, and you mm-hmm. shared the gift of your music there, and it was, I was so touched by your your presence there. You were just such a, a beautiful addition to the day, and then getting to know you a little bit personally and getting to know your family a little was such a gift to me. So I'm so happy to have you on and share a little bit of your music with the ladies here at Girlfriends. So I'm so excited to be an official girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, you're totally on now. You know, I got to have like wine glasses or something that I give out to people once they're official girlfriends. I'm sitting here with my coffee, no makeup and a messy bun. So I think there you go. You are definitely a girlfriend. You are in the club now. So I'm going to be sharing some clips of your music. So, um, you know, listeners can look forward to that at the, at the end of this show today and in little bits, wherever I'm able to put it in on the show. But, um, so people can check you out at, uh, the vigil project. Is that, what's the website there? Yeah. So it's, thevigilproject.com and or my website is andreathomasmusic.com so they can find it both places. Okay, maybe before we get started with our regular questions, just share a little bit about what The Vigil Project is and what you're doing over there. Sure. So The Vigil Project is basically a Catholic multimedia resource. So it's like musicians, singer-songwriters, videographers, um, sound engineers, and we all had this like same mission on our hearts to just really give the church um, uh, uh, music to pray with through the Lenten and Easter seasons of this year. Beautiful. And, yeah. And then it just really has taken off. We're in a hundred countries. We can't believe it. Wow. Um, yeah. And we're gearing up for series number two. So we, we're starting, we're going to do it a kind of limited tour in Advent around the country. We're just really excited. So. Such a wealth of talent over there. What an amazing gift to the church that people can go and just download and, and just listen to that, that beautiful gift of your music. I, I love that you're doing that. Thank you for doing that. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And, and it is free. So anyone that's listening that wants music, we just want you to have it. So feel free to just please download it for free. We would love that. Awesome. At thevigilproject.com. So mm-hmm. great. Check that out. Okay. Well, let's get to our regular questions. I love asking these questions to everybody. At some point during the podcast here, I'm going to have to switch them up. But so far, I'm still thrilled to hear everybody's <laughs> answers to these particular questions. I think they get right to the heart of uh, what women share about best. So Andrea, here on Girlfriends, we always ask, and now you're in the hot seat. So tell us about a time that you really felt like you triumphed. When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement or accomplishment in your personal life or in your work? So I am a planner to a fault. So um, (laughs) when you're a planner and you're a type A, control tends to be your tendency. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say a time of triumph is um, 
I remember specifically um, with leaning in, there's a couple times in my life specifically with music that I really felt like I was being called to do something, especially my second album and then into the vigil project that we just talked about. And both projects were totally and completely unrealistic. Like from the outside, I'm like, this isn't going to work out. Like this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm going to bow, I'm about to like fail publicly, you know? And, um, but in my heart, I could not deny being called. It's like that that um, prompting that won't go away. It's mm-hmm. like board, borderline annoying when you're like, okay, Lord, all right. <laughs> and um, I had a huge, and I still do over, have to overcome this huge fear of failure. And of course, like the irony of it all is that my album was about overcoming fear. And I was so afraid to just you know, dive in and go after it. And, um, and of course, like both, both projects after you commit and just do it, um, God, of course, just came in like a, like a wave, a tidal wave and took care of it. But the triumph I would say was, was choosing to trust in those moments because, yeah. um, that is very hard for somebody like me. Like that is such a hard thing. Cause I'm like, wait, show me on paper. I need the numbers. I need the statistics. How's this going to work out? And yeah. we don't get that all the time when we do ministry, you know? <laughs> Definitely not. But that's beautiful. And what a beautiful thing has come out of that you're letting go. And, you know, that's what I love to see in people's lives is I think we all do experience that struggle to some extent of wanting to control the outcome Mm. or at least see all the details. I know that's what I do. Like, I want to know how everything's going to piece together before I'll say, okay, God, go for it. You know? (laughs) Oh, gosh. And we we have this illusion of control. It's like, what a joke. Like, in life, we just don't – we don't have – I'm grateful to be sitting here breathing. Like we just don't, we don't have control, but I think especially in the West, we have this idea that we can like, we have control over our lives and it's just like, you're right. The freedom and the the gift and the triumph comes in really letting go. So, I mean, I, I could not agree more with that. Yeah. And I think maybe if we switch it around in our minds and think about the gift that God wants to use us to give to mm. other people, that that could maybe help us let go a little bit and let go of that control. Because I know that's such, such a challenge for so many women, you know, type A or not, I think that we all do have that illusion of control and it's so precious to us. Like, Oh know? gosh, completely. So, and somebody <laughs> said to me once, I thought this was really cool. They said, um, you know, if you are so fearful that it's, that it's paralyzing you, then you're thinking about you too much. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that kind of called me out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think it's so human just to be, be, to be afraid and to not quite know the future or whatever. But, but you, to your point, like thinking about like, how is this going to bless other people? You know, am I, ju- I'm just a means to right. somebody hopefully encountering Christ in some way. So if you think of it that way, it does take the pressure off. But in the moment, I can't, I can't even, I don't even have enough fingers and toes to count how many times in my life I've been like, Oh, it's like, how many times do I have to learn the same lesson? You know, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. And then he comes through. It's just, yeah. 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 Such an important thing for all of us to keep in mind. So great triumph because that's, that's one that I'm struggling to triumph every day. (laughs) Is that Oh my gosh, every day. It is so every day. It's every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the struggle, we're going to move on to your mistakes. So Andrea, can you share with us about a mistake you once made? made either in your work or in your personal life? And what'd you learn from that mistake? Um, I, this question, it's funny when you send the questions, it's like, oh my gosh, this really gets you thinking like existentially, um, <laughs> big mistake in my life. So I would say, and I, I'm, you know, it's kind of in the same vein as the first question, but, um, I think for a long time, even be, even being in the Catholic world, like there's a tendency to care 
so much what people are thinking about you and mm-hmm. thinking about the decisions you're making or and all that. And I, I remember right before um, making the decision, um, it, it, it probably took me two years, two full years. I had um, knew that there was some kind of calling to put out a second album, but that's how long it took me. And the mistake I made in that time was just thinking far too much more of what people thought of me than what God was calling me to. And, um, you know, kind of keeping my, instead of putting my blinders on and looking at what I felt like God was calling me to and to go after it simply because he was calling me to it, regardless of how it was going to turn out. Um, I was looking kind of around me too much, you know, I was looking at other people. I was kind of getting thoughts from every single person. And, and let me tell you something, when you're making a decision, you can find somebody to validate anything you want. So it's like, <laughs> so true. you know, it's like, <laughs> if you just want to feel really good about something, you can find somebody to agree with you, but it's more like, it's more about knowing in your heart that you're doing the right thing. And so, and that's something I feel like I've scraped my knees my whole life is kind of caring too much what other people think and being a people pleaser and all that stuff. And I think that's a, that's a tendency a lot of women, um, kind of struggle with too, is just, you know, we have this kind of innate desire to like care for people and and to take care of other people and all that. But, but sometimes that can go into people pleasing. And and when that takes us away from what God's calling us to, like, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the mistake that I've made. And I, and I have to be very conscious of it. And like you said, the first question, it's every day. It's like, okay, you know, what am I being called to? What am I doing towards that goal? Like, Lord, you know, give me the grace to really more than anyone else care what you're, what you're thinking of me and like that you, my eyes are on you, not on anyone else, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And such an important prayer to pray that, Mm. you know, I'm finding as I get older and more experienced and experience more disappointments and whatnot in my life, that I find that my prayer life is getting very much more back to the basics (laughs) rather than, you know, rather than my list of God, I want this to happen and this, and then have this person say this and do that thing. And like, I used to really just pray about the details of everything and don't get me wrong. I mean, I know God cares about our details, but it was, it was, it was that sense of control. Like I'm, I'm telling God what my plans are and really what he wants us to be doing inside of our prayer lives is submitting to his will and recognizing that what he wants for us is nothing but good. And to trust him in that. And oh, yeah. And like that very basic thing, like it's in the past couple of years, even the past year, really, that's been something that's been so huge. Um, it's just like you said, it's like back to the basics. Like, um, Andrea, I'm, I am, I love you and I want good things for your life and you can trust me. Like those mm-hmm. three things, it's like those are, how do they get lost amidst the details? Like, oh, yeah, you are for me. Like yeah. you are for my life. You know, I'm not, I'm not battling against you. I don't have to talk you into helping me. You know, like, <laughs> I think we do that. We humanize God too much. Right. Like, and, and I, I like that, that you're saying you're not battling against him because sometimes that's what you kind of end up thinking or feeling. At least I do inside of my prayer life is like, God, like, I, I can't, I can't ask for, you know, specifically what I want, because what if he, what if what he wants for me is more suffering, you know, like, oh, exactly. no, no, he's, like, he's not out to get you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh, exactly. And I feel like sometimes I go into prayer with like, really good reasons why God should do something for me. Like, um, yeah. I have a, like, like a detailed report that I'm like, okay, <laughs> these are, these are really well thought out answers. And God, this is how it's going to help you. Let me tell you how this is going to glorify you. You know, he's just like, wow. Wow. Thank Um, you. No, but what you said, Danielle, like I, I, oh, like I, this is actually the whole vein that the vigil project came out of Mm -hmm. was like, we believe in the church, of course, of the value of suffering. And we believe that, um, 
you know, the beauty and, and the, the grace and the miracle of like Good Friday. But the only reason that even holds value is because he rose on Sunday. Right. And so I think sometimes we have a tendency to get caught on Good Friday. We have a, a tendency to kind of in our spiritual lives, in our own hearts, kind of like stay there. And it's mm-hmm. like we look back at that and that's how we know that like, you know, of course we're saved and that the Lord, you know, came and suffered for us and the value of redemptive suffering. However, like we have to like believe and live in the resurrection. We are a resurrection people, you know? And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that gets lost in my spiritual life. Like you said, like, do you want me to suffer more? And it's like, <laughs> it will come. If he wants you to suffer, you will suffer. You don't need to like, you know, think about it too much. You don't know need I mean? to like, go looking for it. You yes. really don't. Yeah. Yes. So true. So true. And, you know, I like what you're you're saying about focusing on Easter, that joy that we are called to be Easter people, people mm. of joy. Hallelujah. So that is a beautiful sentiment. And I, I like that your mistake has led us to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, many, many mistakes. Tell you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Andrea, moving on to our next question. What's the best advice you've ever received? Who gave it to you? And how do you try to implement it in your life? Okay. Oh, best advice. So this one took me a second to think about. So, um, the best advice that I got was actually separately from both of my parents, my mom and my dad. And they told us repeatedly when we were younger and still in our adult lives to go after what you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. um, and then be the absolute best that you can be at that. And, um, you know, I think that there's a tendency, um, kind of, again, this whole, it's funny, this whole like theme of trust, um, with this conversation, but, you know, kind of playing it safe, you mm-hmm. know, in this life and being like, Oh, you know, but I would never without the the support of my, first of all, my faith in God and feeling called to it, but the support of my parents, I would never have gone after, um, a career in music if it wasn't for them. Sure. Never, never, never. Um, Never. So I think that that, that was probably the, the absolute best advice I could have gotten is just to kind of, um, to, to really identify what it is that I'm, I'm, I love and that I'm passionate about and, and want to do, and mm-hmm. then to really go after it with everything I've got and to really do, do my best to be, to be my best at that, at that craft. Right. And that's yeah. great advice. I mean, great advice from your parents. I, I love that because as a parent myself, there's that control issue again. Like I, I want to tell my kids what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and like, mm. and I mean, of course, I do know them really well. I know what their strengths are, but I have to catch myself sometimes, you know, when I'll, I'll put limits on them or I'll, you know, I'll try to nudge them a little too hard in one direction or another. And really, it is about allowing them to explore different experiences, explore what their skills are um, and find out what opportunities are available to them. And that's a beautiful way to find out what God's calling you to do in your life. And um, your parents have done a great job of encouraging you in that direction. Well, they're amazing. And, you know, the, we laugh now, but when I was 17 and senior in high school and looking to study music, I think they were both like squirming in their seats. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, our daughter is going to be homeless. Like, oh my gosh. You know, and then I ended up studying music, did the Veggie Tales tour, and then transferred and ended up studying business and theology in college. So I didn't even finish my music degree. So the joke in our family is that Ange went from music to theology, one make money making career to the next. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's a great, great career plan there, honey. I know, I know. But funny enough, like now I'm using the music, the business, and the theology. Like God knew. He had a plan. He 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 just doesn't always tell us. I don't know why. It's so annoying. I know, it is annoying. He doesn't tell us all the details at the outset. So. Uh. 
Tough, tough. Well, I love that advice. Well, let's try to squeeze in one more question. All right. Now, this is good because you're young, and I'm usually asking this question to women who are more my age. But if you could go back and have a conversation with yourself 15 years ago, what would you say? Mm, I know this one too. I was like, okay, 15 years ago, I was in preschool. (laughs) Yeah, 13. So, what would I have told my 13 year old self? Um, I would say, and it's funny, circle back to the same question. I would have told myself to just chill out and that everything's going to work out. Like just yeah. don't stress. Cause I tend to be like a worrier and sure. I worry. I have a big family. We were talking about this before. I have eight siblings and, um, just the best family in the world. And you know, I'm one of 61 cousins on one side and oh just like a big family and so blessed with so many good friendships. And I think my tendency is to worry so much. And yeah. I, I, you know, and again, I think that's a female thing, but I, I feel sometimes burdened by worrying about everything around me that it kind of steals me away from the present moment. Cause I'm, I'm like thinking about all the bad things that could happen, sure. you know, or things that might not work out. And instead I, I think I would back then, and I have to tell my 28 year old self this today, that it's like, just if we believe what we believe then God is in control and mm-hmm. don't stress. Like I, my mug right now is pray, hope, and don't worry. It's Padre Pio mug. It's my favorite one. Oh, we and all need that reminder. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. But yeah, just to wake up every day, be the absolute best you could be, do what you're called to do and just love, you know, just yeah. that's, you know, it's the same advice I give myself today that I need. It's, you know, but I, that's what I would have told myself is just chill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good to think about what that conversation would be like, because if you were going to go back, you know, from 15 years from now, you'd probably say the same thing to yourself. Like, it's got to work out all that stuff that you're freaking out about and trying to control. It's going to work out just have some joy in your life. Oh yeah. And there was a palliative nurse too, that put out a um, article, maybe, I don't know, a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. she had the honor of being with people in their last moments. And she said that the couple things that stood out to her across the board. And one of them was people said that they wished in their life, they would not have worried, worried as much. Like it was just needless and they just yeah. wished they would have just not done it. So yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I heard on a recent podcast, um, actually the messy parenting one that I've, I've talked to one of the co-hosts on this show before that, um, that the, her mom would say, worrying's against my religion. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> I love it. It's so true though, because it's oh. the truth that God's calling us to trust him when we're worrying, we're trying to take that control back and that's against our religion. So important to remember. That. I need to get a mug that says that. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's a good reminder and it's so true. All right, Andrea, we're having a ton of fun here. So let's move on to your lightning round before we run out of time here. Okay. If you're ready for nice. 60 seconds of some fast, fun questions we'll do it right now Ooh, okay all right so andrea thomas on the girlfriend's lightning round here we go okay andrea what's your favorite way to hang out and connect with your girlfriends Ooh, okay over a glass of wine and something involving chocolate probably not in my apartment out somewhere nice fun all right and then in your apartment what was the last netflix you watched and was it thumbs up or thumbs down the office thumbs up absolutely <laughs> My whole family like recites episodes. It's so <laughs> funny. Scott, the yes. best. I love it. Okay. And what's your favorite holiday? Oh, Christmas, hands down. Okay. And on a day off, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? Um, going to the club I belong to and sitting in the sauna. Nice. Okay. Um, what's the most challenging thing about being a recording artist? 
Um, most challenging thing about being a recording artist, I would say, is not knowing more than six months in advance what your projects look like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tough. All right. And then we'll end with describe your perfect date night. Ooh, perfect date night would be, um, this seems lame, but I actually love ordering Thai food in and watching a movie. Fun. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Sounds romantic to me. Great. You survived. You did a great yes, job I on your it. lightning round. <laughs> it's never that tough, but <laughs> we have a good time. Well, Andrea, thanks so much for coming on, Girlfriends. But before we have to say goodbye, could you maybe just give a shout out to something you're working on? What are you excited about right now? Yes. Oh, thank you for that. Well, I just, um, shout out to, to the, the newest thing I'm working on, which is the vigil project. We're gearing yep. up. If we could just ask for your prayers for our, um, advent and a Christmas series coming up and, and our limited tour we're doing, we're planning that right now. We could not be more excited to do series two. So that's coming up. Wonderful. And people can check that out at the vigil and they can find out more about you and all your beautiful ministry and your amazing music at andreathomas.com. So thank you, Andrea, for coming on. And thank you for the gift of your ministry. You encourage and inspire me every day. I just love listening to you. Oh, Danielle, likewise. Thank you so much. God bless you. You too. Bye. So that song, He Rose Again, which I played a little bit of at the beginning of my conversation with Andrea, I'm going to play in its entirety at the end of the podcast um, because I just, I love it. And I just want to share that beautiful music that Andrea produces with you. If you want to check out more, you can check it out at thevigilproject.com. Everything there is free to download, free to listen to. It's a free gift. So take advantage of that. So this week, I got a little bit of feedback from Sarah Reinhardt, but I'm going to hold on to that, Sarah. I'm going to share it next week um, because I'm trying to spread out my content here. I knew I was going to go long in the first part of this episode, and I never want to go over an hour. So I'm going to hold off on sharing that. But I do want to share that Girlfriends has a new Patreon supporter in Lisa, who signed up to um, support the podcast in this new way at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. It's a unique way that you can support the production of this podcast. And Lisa pledged an amount that earns her the right to join me and others who've pledged the same amount in a monthly Google Hangout. So that's kind of exciting that you can qualify for those kinds of benefits just by supporting this podcast. Even as little as a dollar an episode, you can pledge. And it's just your vote of support for this podcast. It helps to reduce the costs that I have to put into producing the podcast, pays for some of my subscriptions, hosting, and that kind of thing. But even more importantly than that, it gives me that encouragement and that incentive that people really do believe in what I'm doing here and want to support it. So you can check out all the options at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash girlfriends. And thank you so much, listener Lisa. Really appreciate your support. And I'm looking forward to that Google Hangout with you. So before I go, when I play that song from Andrea Thomas, He Rose Again in its entirety, I just want to thank you for being here. Your presence means so much to me. I really value it. It means a lot to me because I know that we're all busy. We all have to make choices about the things we're going to spend our time on. And it just means the world to me that you spend some of your time each week connecting here with me at Girlfriends. Thank you so much for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day. And God bless your week.
Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.